We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's week two. NFL season is rolling. I mean, it's already week two. <laughs> we just started preseason. <laughs> what are we doing? Um, joined today by my buddy Keith Eister, Eyes819. Keith, we got week one in the books. Uh, talk to me, man. How was it for you? Yeah, week one was week one was really strong. Um, of course, had all the Tyree kill. He was one of the more popular players on the slate, but he kind of put up a score that you needed to have uh, felt really good about him being the highest scorer of the week. So tried to get overweight on him. That worked out well. My highest correlation of the week was Anthony Richardson with a Calvin Ridley run back. And that was phenomenal. Um, kind of put everything together in the $75 single entry on, on DraftKings. had Aaron Jones on that team as well. Big mistake I made was playing the chalk tight end Isaiah likely, which probably prevented me from getting to the top of that tournament. Uh, but but finished uh, 19th overall in that tournament and had a little sweat there at the end. The Aaron Jones injury really hurt me at the end there. He pulled up lame in the fourth quarter with a hamstring injury. Would have had a shot at taking it down despite the likely play uh, if Jones would have stayed healthy. But And Eckler was banged up too. Had Eckler on that team also. Eckler dealing with an ankle injury now. We're obviously going to talk about that today. But um, yeah, good week overall. Nice profit for me. Um, had Had some teams that were close. Yeah, good profit week for me. Pick'em Streets did well. Um, yeah, it was, just, it was overall a good week. It was like so close to being like a great week, but I'll take good weeks every Same time. Um, so anytime you, I feel like anytime you can profit, like you're happy about it. Um, Dobbins. Dobbins hurt me. Dobbins oh, yeah, and Dolchich. Um, I had a lot of Dolchich 
I built a lot of lineups I liked, and then the, the Andrews news kind of finally dropped, and I was like, man, you know, I think Dolchich has a chance to outscore likely. So I honestly didn't end up with a ton of likely um, on some hand builds I did. But like my 150 build, um, one of my highest owned players was Dobbins because it was a 150 build on FanDuel, and I really liked Dobbins. And gosh, man, if he doesn't get hurt, you never know what's going to happen. But I had a ton of Tyreek. We talked about him a lot last week. Um, he definitely panned out. We we were very high on Calvin Ridley last week. That worked out. Um, yeah, we got some stuff wrong. It happens. Um, but overall, I feel like we were we were on the right page, and that's always a good sign with week one. Before we get in breaking down week two, don't overreact too much to week one. It's a one-week sample size. You are going to want to react because, I mean, you, you, we all watch games. You saw some stuff. These offenses are going to be fake, facing different defenses, and defenses are going to be facing different offenses. It's going to be different games. Um, week one was you, very low scoring overall. Are you telling me Puka Nakua is not Cooper Cup? I mean, <laughs> listen, that dude had a game. Um, yeah, he did. Not someone I had a ton of. Um, we <laughs> talked about Ayuk last week, and I didn't end up with a ton of him last either. And I wish I would have played more of him, but um, my my six percent Ayuk was not enough. <laughs> so um, he was yeah, the kind overall, of the piece that I was missing. Also, yeah, yeah. Overall, man, week one was great. I think there's a lot to talk about week two. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers out for the season. J.K. Dobbins out for the season. You mentioned Eckler. That's one big one we're watching. Travis Kelsey returned to practice. Christian Watson did not return to practice, and it sounds like Mark Andrews is very questionable. If you're playing the Thursday night football slate, um, Gainwell sounds like he's ruled out, um, and they'll be without one of their better um, secondary pieces there for Philadelphia. So that'd be a really interesting game. But we're going to talk the main slate. We've got 12 games this week. Um, Keith, I think we just jump in and you know start talking week two. What's up, YouTube? Hope everyone's having a fantastic Wednesday night. We're early on Wednesday night. I'm traveling this week, so I didn't want to be recording super late in the hotel room and um, respect thy neighbors, right? <laughs> <laughs> Don't want someone banging on my um, hotel wall at midnight. Keep it why down over there. <laughs> yeah, why are you recording a podcast? Um, so, yeah, we're we're a little early this week, traveling this week. I am in Tennessee this week, so I'm super excited about um, being able to sports bet this week. So we'll talk about uh, that as we're going here, but yeah, super pumped about that. If you're going to Bristol, the race this week end, um, hit me up. Love to meet anybody that's going to the race this weekend. So Keith, we get started Packers Falcons. This game has a 40 and a half total green Bay, a one and a half point favorite in this one. We'll start here with the green Bay side. I think that, you know, obviously they were one of the teams that, Kind of shocking. Um, Aaron Jones, like you mentioned, he had a really good game going. Um, had a little bit of a – got banged up a little bit in that game. It was a hamstring. He didn't practice Wednesday. If he's out, um, A.J. Dillon becomes one of the better running back plays on the entire slate, just pure volume-wise. Um, Chicago Bears defense, still not good. <laughs> yeah. Not, not shocking whatsoever. <laughs> um, but Atlanta, they really struggled against the run last week as well. It's one week sample size, but it was definitely good to note. Um, let's talk Green Bay. What are your thoughts here when it comes to the Packers? Yeah, I mean, Jordan Love looked really good. How much of that was a product of the Bears defense being awful and how much is 
Jordan Love being actually good? I, I don't know. He's still without some weapons potentially here. Uh, you mentioned the Watson thing. Um, and then Aaron Jones being banged up as well. So I'm, I'm struggling to find a path to wanting to play Packers, unless, of course, Aaron Jones is ruled out. And then I think um, A.J. Dillon like, just is a smash. 5,900 should have the backfield role mostly to himself. They probably mix in Patrick Taylor a little bit, but not sure what Aaron Jones' status is, and that, that's a big deal. Um, if Watson misses again, I think you got to take a look at Jaden Reed. Um, looked pretty good out there. Had five targets, had a couple of balls that were catchable that were just kind of contested. Um, f- feels like he could have had a little bit bigger day, but five targets was nice to see for him. He's still only 3,400. So um, if I'm playing Atlanta running backs, which we're going to talk about in a second, I don't mind Jaden Reed as the run back. And then Luke Musgrave is still still pretty cheap as well. Four targets for him. So cheap pieces of this Green Bay offense. I don't think I'm using Jordan Love still. Um, it is in the dome here in Atlanta, so potential for a shootout. Um, I just I don't know that I'm buying into Jordan Love yet. I think it was really more just facing a bad Bears defense. Um, Atlanta's defense struggled last year, obviously, but they made some improvements. I think they're going to be a little bit better this year. Um, but I'm, I'm still interested in some cheap pieces. Just don't think I'm, I'm using Love as, to stack them up. Yeah, so I mean, both um, Dobbs and Reed, they both had um, target rates under 20%. Luke Musgrave um, had like a 15% target rate. They kind of really spread it out. They used, uh, they targeted a bunch of guys. They, you know, guys ran a lot of different routes. Um, I think the guy that ran the most, the highest percentage of routes um, was actually Luke Musgrave. So, I mean, it, it's really tough, the passing game stuff. I will note, like, looking at pro football focus, um, Green Bay ranked first in pass block. Maybe that's why Jordan Love succeeded at such a good rate. Like he had a lot of time to throw. Is that the Bears? Is the I mean, Green Bay's offensive line is good. You know, this is something that we've known um, coming into the season. We knew they were going to be a top ten offensive line. So I think it's 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 well worth noting that they rank so high, but also. I don't know if we get a shootout here. Atlanta plays so slow. They want to pound the rock. Um, I think we're going to use Green Bay in certain scenarios, especially when Watson comes back. This week, I'm with you. Let's see Let's see what happens here when it comes to does Jones play? If not, definitely playing Dylan. If Jones is good to go, might even play some Jones. Um, that's kind of where I'm at. I don't know if I touched the passing game too much here. Musgrave, I think, is still very viable as a tight end play just because of just pure target routes that he was running and stuff. Um, Atlanta side, i can tell you one thing for certain. Um, I will not make the Drake London mistake again. <laughs> <laughs> um, those teams were um, not good. You know, it just – they're not going to throw the ball enough. I mean, it, it's as simple – I feel like it's a, as simple as that. Um just not – I mean, he, they threw the ball 18 times against Carolina. Ritter threw for 115 yards. Um, why do we need to get into, you know, touching this passing game? Um, and then the running game, like I think a lot of people are going to talk about, like how, you know, Robinson and Algier kind of split work. Um, and, I mean, they're not wrong. Um, they they did, you know, split work to an extent. Um, Algier, 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 Algier. Um, he looked great. I mean, he played 55% of the snaps. He looked really good. 
Um, Bijan looked great too. I mean, so they have a two-headed monster here in Atlanta. Do we touch that at these prices? It's it's kind of tough. Um, Green Bay did struggle with the run last week. You know, is this a spot where potentially attacking the running game? Because I'm not touching the passing game here. I mean, the running game, um, I think, is viable. Yeah, I'm not touching the passing game either, but I am interested in in this backfield. Um, I'm Bijan looks like the real deal. Uh, like he was super impressive. I think exactly what we thought was going to happen happened. Algier came in and took half the rushing workload. Like I, I don't think that's going away anytime soon. Um, but Bijan looks absolutely tremendous. I think I need the price to come down a little bit before I want to target him. Um, six targets that that's impressive um, in a game that they were they were ahead. So like that like the passing down role was was very impressive um that he the he caught a touchdown pass which and then he like he made a really nice move on that one you can just see the burst the explosiveness and and just like the exclusive uh, elusiveness of of Bijan so he's totally real but i think i want that price to come down a little bit i have a lot of interest in algier as just a cheap running back play um i feel like this is a game that they can can win they are currently slight underdogs but um, if they play with a lead here, I, th- I think Algier getting another 13, 14, 15 carries is, is absolutely not out of the question. The touchdown equity should be there. 5,500, I'm, I'm willing to take some shots on Algier. He's he's the guy that I'm looking at for the Falcons. I think run just the running game on both sides is in play, depending on like who's in there, who's out. Um, I also think that both of these defenses are in play this week as running back defensive stacks. Um because I don't typically running back, running back stack games for like secondary in-game stacks. Um, yeah. So I think a running back defense offense fade on the other side is, is viable for both of these teams. I mean, there are some defenses that I love this week, but I, I mean, I always like try to spread out my defensive ownership just in general, because I mean, it's such a fluky, fluky position. So um, I think overall you could potentially take some shots on these defenses. So uh, moving on here, we got the chargers at the Titans 45 total in this game chargers, a three point favorite. And again, I wrote these lines down this morning. So if any of these lines moved, I'm sorry, this is what they were at this morning. So let's talk uh, chargers first. I think this is probably the biggest news that we're watching coming into the week. Um, if Austin Eckler's out, it's huge. Um, I mean, this is this is the news we're watching. He's dealing with an ankle. He didn't practice Wednesday. We saw a lot of um, Kelly in that final, you know, third, fourth quarter stretch because of the ankle. Um, let's talk Chargers. I mean, Tennessee, they, they still are going to funnel. Watching them play last week, they do not want to give up the run. They are perfectly okay with giving up the pass. I think the passing game goes wild here for the Chargers this week, Um, especially if Eckler sits too. I think we're going to see a huge, huge game from Herbert, Allen, potentially some Williams. Um, I have a ton of interest in Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert stats this week. Yeah, obviously keeping an eye on the the Eckler news here. Even if he misses, I don't love Joshua Kelly as as a play. Like – Jamal Williams um, type of play. Like, I'm not sure of the passing down role he would hold. Obviously, we love Eckler because he's so involved in the passing game. Kelly going up a tough run de- against a tough run defense here. 
Um, he's really cheap and he should have a phenomenal role, but we saw Jamal Williams not really be able to get off against this Tennessee run defense. So I would have some hesitation, even if Eckler misses um, price and, and opportunity are certainly going to be there for Kelly. If, if Eckler does miss, but I'm more interested in the passing attack as well. We know the Chargers are fine to just throw it all over the yard. Uh, and there's some super elite talents here. Keenan Allen obviously leads the way. Um, Mike Williams, I think very interesting. I wasn't on him as much last week, 5,700 uh, still. And in, in my opinion, a better matchup here this week. So can, can definitely get some, get to some Mike Williams, the cheap guys like, Quentin Johnson didn't run enough routes, I don't think. Um, Joshua Palmer didn't do anything. Like, we've been waiting, what, two or three years now for Joshua Palmer to do something and just have not seen it. So it's I'm, it's premium, guys, for me. It's Allen. It's Mike Williams. You can mix in a little Ger- Gerald Everett, too, if you want. Um, but I, I think I'd just double stack the wide receivers. Mike Williams is cheap enough. He catches a touchdown. We know uh, Keenan Allen can put up the massive volume. So that's where I'm, I'm looking is Herbert double stacks for sure. So um, our friends over at Fantasy Points, they have a stat for wide receivers. It's routes run per team drop back. Um, and I think that that is something that I'm definitely going to be paying attention to this year when it comes to wide receivers, tight ends, running backs. I, I just think it's an overall fantastic stat, like who's running routes on drop backs. Um, because, yep. there, I mean, there's so many, like, fluky things in the targets and stuff. But who's running routes? So, I mean, Keenan Allen, 82.5%. Mike Williams, 62.5%. And then you get into the rest of this team, and Josh Palmer is the only other person over 50%. So I feel like if I'm going to go to a third piece here for the Chargers, it's probably him. Um, Everett, I think, at tight end is always in play for touchdown upside. But it's really, for me, it's Herbert Allen. A ton of interest in Herbert Allen stacks this week. I think that... Um, if Eckler's out, we all, we're going to take shots on Kelly. I think it's a little different situation than Jamal Williams. Kelly actually has some upside. Um, you know, Austin Eckler had a 15% target share last week. If Kelly gets four or five targets, um, just a much better situation overall. So, um, I will say, like I said, Tennessee's run defense still really, really good. Um, so we could easily see Kelly struggle unless he is involved in the passing game. So I understand the underweight stance on him as well. We were, we were both underweight on Jamal Williams last week and paid off. Yep. Um, Tennessee, 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 Tennessee. Um, man, Ryan Tannehill looked awful. I mean, let's just say it how it is, <laughs> but I will say um, Deandre Hopkins, 13 targets, a 38% target share running routes 85% of the time on dropbacks. Like if you played Hopkins last week, I played Hopkins last week. You had to feel good about the process. The results weren't great, but the process of why you played him was great. Derrick Henry could smash in this spot. Um, This run defense is not great. This is a spot that Derrick Henry could have a big game. So I feel like my Herbert Allen stacks will either be um, Hopkins or Henry. I think it's really just, those two guys for me on Tennessee and just not overthinking this game, just playing the like key pieces of this game, hoping it goes over that 45 total and hoping we just get a really good football game. I think if you wanted to play Burks, he would be that third option. If you wanted to go a little bit cheaper than Hopkins. Yeah. Hopkins workload was definitely the thing that jumped off the page to me. Um, 13 targets. That's more like an 8k wide receiver workload. 
still only 6,700. Like you said, the results weren't quite there. If he would have caught a touchdown, he'd be much more popular this week. Um, like 13 targets is, is as good as you can ask for. 6,700, a little bit too cheap. Um, Hopkins would be my preferred guy. Certainly don't mind Henry as well, like you mentioned. The Chargers tend to funnel people to the run. Like they'll let you run on them while they try to shut down the deep ball. Um, Chigakonkwo at tight end was very disappointing last week. I don't know that that Hopkins just necessarily kills him off. So I, I'm still interested in Akonkwo a little bit. He's cheap. He's got a price decrease actually because he only had two targets and didn't didn't have a catch. Um, Thirty three hundred. I don't mind taking a shot on Akonkwo at a cheap price. Uh, and Burks at 4,500 would be the other guy, but I think I'm just, it's, it's primarily going to be Hopkins for me on the other side of Herbert stacks. Yeah. I mean, so they ran a lot of three wide receiver, one tight end sets. Um, and it was Burks, Westbrook, Hopkins, the Kongwu. So like, I, I think like if you, and, and chat YouTube, um, what's up chat. Hope everyone's having a great Wednesday night. Um, they're talking about how Hopkins did not practice on Wednesday. It's Wednesday. We see these veterans get yeah. Wednesdays off all the time. Um, so I am not worried unless we don't get him back to practice Friday and, like, it really becomes a thing. But then even, like, if Hopkins doesn't play, we know exactly where to go, the other three guys. Um, so, yeah. I mean, it's it's a pretty it's pretty straightforward um, game for me. And I love these games. I love where it's really easy to kind of stack a game. And I think that this is where – one of those games is just really easy to stack – um, up next, Raiders, Bills, 47 total, Buffalo, nine and a half point favorite in this game. Uh, let's start with the Raiders. What are your thoughts here on Las Vegas? Tough matchup here against Buffalo, going into Buffalo, no less. Um, I'm having a really hard time getting behind a Jimmy Garoppolo back passing attack. I think they play <laughs> hey, from behind he here. bad, man. <laughs> He's okay. Um, what do you, oh, what I didn't you say he didn't look bad. Years. Jacoby Myers did his thing, but yeah, it didn't look bad. Yeah, I, I just I don't think I'm like Buffalo has had a great pass defense for for several years now. Running backs have been the way to attack them, and we've got Josh Jacobs, one of the the premier lo- workloads in in the game, um, sitting right here, seventy one hundred. He's probably appropriately priced, I would say. Didn't have a great outing. Um, last week, but it was going into Denver. That's one of the toughest spots to go, especially early in the season when, when people aren't quite in shape, obviously Jacobs was a holdout for all of, um, all of preseason, but the workload was there 19 rushing attempts. I mean, that's what we're looking for here. Um, he, we've seen him get involved in the passing game, um, last year, especially like he had one of the best workloads in, in all of football here. So I have some interest in Josh Jacobs, Buffalo, another run funnel defense. They're they're gonna force you to try to run against them and and take away the pass. Um, Jacobs not being efficient last week, I think, was more a product of just going into Denver, playing at altitude, and a pretty stout Denver defense run defense there as well. So, give me some Josh Jacobs here. Um, I don't know that I'm I'm definitely not using Garoppolo. I I don't know if I want to use an expensive Adams as a run back. I think if I was trying to pick a run back on Allen Stacks, it'd be Jacoby Myers for me. Dude, Adams just got Sertan did his thing against Adams last week. Let's just yeah, let's call it what it was. Um, he he had a really tough game, and Myers was one of the guys that I talked about last week and um, played a little bit of him. I mean, just didn't expect that big a game. I'm not even going to sit here and try to gloat on that call whatsoever. 
Um, I, I will say 80% of the snaps for Jacobs, that was the third highest among running backs in week one. And this guy, like you said, missed a lot of time this um, holdout period or whatever we're going to call it nowadays. Um, I, I mean, this is another one of those offices. I don't really like Jimmy G because I think there's better wide like quarterback plays in this range. But, I, I mean, Jacobs, Adams, Myers are – because, I mean, we're, we we are going to play some Josh Allen this week. Um, the bounce back, Allen, Diggs, Stacks, we're going to do that. Um, unless you're playing one lineup and you're like a solo entry guy and then you don't get, you probably don't get to Allen on like a solo entry team. But let's, I, I think a lot of people at least dabble in making multiple lineups, um, 3 to 20 to 150, and you're going to get some Allen. So let's talk about the Buffalo side of this game. Um what a letdown spot for the Bills. What a letdown spot for Josh Allen. Um, they could have they could have run the ball the whole second half of that game and won that football game. The Jets' defense is no joke. Um, we're going to be talking about the Jets' defense all year. No joke. Sauce Gardner is quickly becoming one of the best corners, if not the best corner in the NFL. Um, Allen Diggs. I mean, this is this is a spot that I have a ton of interest in these two guys, and just kind of hoping that. You know, James Cook doesn't get a gazillion ownership this week uh, because I have a ton of interest in Cook as well in this game. Yeah, like the Buffalo offense, you have to give them a pass against that Jets defense. I'm completely with you. I think that that Jets defense is something we're going to be talking about all year long. They looked amazing. Um, Allen forced too many balls down the field against that Jets defense, but that's part of the reason why we love to play him in fantasy, right? He takes those chances downfield. Um He's going to have a much easier time and higher success rate, in my opinion, here against this bad Las Vegas defense compared to what he was trying to do against an elite Jets defense. So I'm with you. Allen Diggs is my favorite pairing. It was worth noting Deontay Hardy's role, especially early. Um, He was out there. Four targets for him is what he ended with, but I think he had three of those in the first quarter. Um, If he's the slot guy, he's 3,300. I don't hate shots on Deontay Hardy. Um, the, the tight end situation played out similarly. Like we saw Kincaid run a bunch of routes, four targets for him. I think he's in play as a $3,300 tight end. Um, anytime I can get a guy who's like, he's essentially like he's sharing the slot role with Deontay Hardy is how I kind of saw that game, uh, Monday night. Um, so Kincaid and Hardy as cheap receiving options to pair with Allen and Diggs. Like if you want to do the double stack, I, I just, I love it when you get the third piece at a cheap price. So just wanted to get Hardy and Kincaid's names out there. You can certainly play da- Dawson Knox as well. Um, but Kincaid, I think, is the guy with higher upside. And then James Cook, completely agree, uh, very much in play. The only thing that worries me about Kincaid, and, I mean, they they did use a lot of two tight end sets this past weekend. I thought, you know, something that we were definitely going to be watching with Kincaid. They, this was their guy. They went up and they got him. And, you know, yep. the only thing that worries me about Kincaid is – Knox is such a huge present in the red zone, like presence in the red zone. How is that? We didn't get to see it. The Jets defense is so good. We really didn't get to see how the Bills um, red zone offense is going to look like. And I love the fact that they're using two tight end sets. Like you said, they were lining him up in the slot. That gives him upside. Um, you know, that gives him upside for five or six catches in this offense. Um, touchdown would put him over the edge. Good so pivot I would off say- of Play Dawson Knox on FanDuel where you're touchdown dependent. Yeah. Play Dalton Kincaid on, on the PPR sites um, like DraftKings. I think that's that makes a ton of sense. Love that call. 
All right, uh, Seattle at Detroit, 47 total in this game. Detroit, a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, one of the biggest wins of week one was Detroit beating the Chiefs. Uh, one of the biggest letdowns in week one was uh, Seattle. They did not show up and play good football. Um, Detroit's run defense looked really good. I think this is a spot that if Seattle is going to beat Detroit, it's going to be through the air. Um, or, I mean, if this game stays competitive, it's going to be through the air. So I, I think that's always fantastic, right? Because the guys that I really want to play anyway are Metcalf and, and Lockett anyway. So um, the passing game is what I'm talking – like what I'm targeting here. I don't mind large field tournament Geno stacks. Um, I, I do think like this is a spot Geno potentially has like three touchdown upside. My favorite game of the week. Um, we're going yeah, to Detroit it. in the in the – Coors Field of the NFL. It was t- dubbed last year. Um, the Lions' defense is a little bit better. I still, I have That's reservations. Secondary, I don't, I don't, yeah. I, I don't believe. I don't believe what I saw. I think the Chiefs' receivers just cannot catch um, Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore in particular. Um, and MVS has been a guy who has dropped many a big, big <laughs> dropped the pass in many a big spots in his career. So. I'm not sold on this Detroit defense yet. I love the Seattle uh, double stacks here, Gino. With Lockett and Metcalf, um, I think Metcalf first, then Lockett. Um, don't forget Smith and Jigba either. Um, like five targets is like I don't know how much how much is out there for him to get. Um, I think he will have some big weeks this this year, but I think it's still Metcalf and Lockett, and and you kind of just have to wait and wait for uh, Smith and Jigba to carve out his role. So it's still Gino to Metcalf to Lockett. Uh, for as my favorite stack in this game, you can mix in Fant, you can mi- mix in JSN if you want, but still, still Metcalf and Lockett for me. Yeah, I mean, I personally am not on either one of the tight ends. Um, they just weren't running a ton of routes when I was looking at my research. Um, I, I think like I would rank these guys like okay, factoring in price, right? Factoring in price, I would rank these guys DK, Jigba, Lockett. Um, because, I mean, just, you know, price is a thing. But I'm going to get exposure to all three of these guys. And I'm going to get exposure to Geno. I'll probably end up underweight on Walker in this game. Um, I'm not saying I will full fade him, but he's not my favorite running back in general anyway. Um, so I, I think this is a spot I'm going to be overweight on the passing game. Uh, Jared Goff looked really good. Um, had a ton of time to throw in that game. They're, we knew their their offensive line was a top five offensive line coming into the season, and they looked it. Uh, they looked really good against the Chiefs. Like you said, a lot of drop passes, uh, a lot of drop balls for the Chiefs in that game. So don't want to instantly um, just write off the Chiefs. And, I mean, we're going to talk about Chiefs here in a minute. But Jared Goff looked really good. Um, St. Brown is what he, we thought he was going to be. He is – the guy, he's going to be the guy. I mean, he is the prime target in this offense, and he's going to continue to be the prime target in this offense. Um, 25% target share last week. I think the surprise, for me anyway, was Josh Reynolds. Um, very involved in the passing game in that in that matchup last week. I I don't mind taking some shots at him. St. Brown, though, um, I just can't say it enough. He's just – he's the guy. Yeah, absolutely. Amonra is the the primary target here. Um, definitely Goff's number one option. I have interest in the secondary pieces too. Um, I like the Reynolds call a lot. 
I was surprised. I would say most like I knew Reynolds would be involved. I didn't know he was going to quite get seven targets. Um, the rookie tight end, Sam Laporta, was a pleasant surprise. Looked very good. Ran a bunch of routes, uh, five targets, and caught all five of them. So pretty impe- impressive performance from Laporta. 3,900. I think you can certainly do do worse at tight end. Um, the running backs room, I think it's like Jameer Gibbs. I, I know everyone's frustrated with his role. It's exactly how I would have put it. Like Jameer Gibbs is DeAndre Swift and David Montgomery is Jamal Williams from last year. Like it's, I yep. don't think we're going to see any, any differentiation from that type of setup here. So that means you want Montgomery in games that they're leading and you want Jameer Gibbs in games that they're trailing. I know Seattle was really disappointing last week, but it wouldn't surprise me if Seattle came in here and hit two big plays to their receivers and, and were up two touchdowns in this spot. And Jameer Gibbs had an absolute explosion game. Um, Jameer Gibbs is going to be on the tournament winning lineup one of these weeks. Like he just, he's a dynamic talent, looks super explosive. 6,300. If we get a trailing game script here for the Lions, I am so interested in Jameer Gibbs, even at 6,300. Yeah, I mean, you have to build the lineup out for them to be trailing. So you have yeah. to, if you're if you're hand building or if you're using lineup HQ, you got to use groups when you're using Gibbs to make sure you're getting the right players in the lineups. Um, it, like Gibbs, Gibbs teams for me would definitely be Geno teams. Um, yep. and, and trailing game scripts, um, DK Metcalf having a big game. You know, maybe even a two wide receiver stack, running it back with like St. Brown and Gibbs, um, just going for like a full on five man game stack of this game because, like you said, Jam- this is this, you nailed it right. You you talked about how this is exactly what we had last year, just two different running backs. Um, David Montgomery yeah. played seventy seven percent of the snaps. He had twenty one rushing attempts. Gibbs was on the field for twenty seven percent of the snaps. It's not changing. If they're up or this game's close, um, they want it to be this way. They didn't bring Montgomery in because he's a bad running back. Like this guy's really good, really super solid running back. Um, so, yeah, I think we I think we nailed this one. Um, I haven't looked yet, but Jared Goff and Geno Smith um, passing props are super interesting to me this week. Uh, Maybe more to come on that later. Oh, well, there you go. Oh, actually, I went a different way. I was definitely looking oh. at those two, but I did write down a different one. But yeah, Goff was one I was looking at very hard. Yeah, I'll have to look. I will look at it when I get done here. Uh, Colts and Texans, forty total in this game, Indiana or Indianapolis. I'm gonna say it all the time. Uh, one point favorite in this one. I mean, Richardson looked good. Um, Pittman looked. Nowhere to be found in the first half of that game. I was tilting. I had some really good teams with Pittman. And then Richardson realized that, like, Pittman's the man. And I think they build off of that this week. (laughs) I mean, it's as simple as that for me. Um, Richardson is going to be a guy that we're going to be playing a lot this year. He looks really good. He looked really good. We we know the upside. Designed runs already. Um, Like... Yeah, what what what's not to like about Richardson? Um, Zach Moss is an in- interesting pivot this week, though. Expected back. Deion Jackson looked absolutely terrible. I could they limit Richardson a little bit, trying not to get him hit as much in this game potentially. But I like Richardson. I I really like Richardson. I really like Pittman. 
And then I'm definitely going to be playing some Zach Moss this week. Um, you can play Richardson by himself, too. He does have that rushing upside. I think he's the chalk cash game quarterback, even in a 40 yep. total. Um, and I, I really can't argue it if you're playing cash games. Yeah, I, I will definitely feel comfortable using Richardson in cash again this week. Used him last week, worked out very well. Um, like he, he exited the game on the goal line, too. Um, and yeah. Minshew came in like at the end of the game, he very easily could have run in another touchdown. Um, I, I think he's going to be popular this week, but if he would have run in a second touchdown, he would have been just massive chalk. Um, price considered, he's one of my favorite quarterbacks of the entire week, if not my, my favorite. Pittman's the only guy I'm considering stacking him with, I think. Uh, Granson had a pretty decent um, role here. Um Six targets for for Kylan Granson. That that was interesting to me. Uh, as long as Woods remains out, I, th- I think Granson is kind of the guy at tight end here. Um, I'm always looking for cheap tight ends, so Ky- Kylan Granson was a name. Um, and then the Zach Moss thing, I, I completely agree. Like he's not, we know he's not going to get passing game work, but Houston has just been torched by running backs for the last what three four years. So Zach Moss at 4700, um, even without a passing game role, is is certainly very interesting. I want to note too. Um, I, I really I love looking for cheap wide receivers. I, I think that there's always upside in cheap wide receivers. I don't know how much we necessarily need them this week because I mean Hill is not on the slate. Some of the other big wide receivers not on the slate. Jefferson. So I don't know like how much we'll need cheap wide receivers. Um, but I, I want to say like Josh Downs, um, very very involved last week in this game um seven targets 18 percent target share they were trailing a little bit which concerns me a little bit because i don't know if they'll be trailing necessarily here against houston um let's go to the houston side of this game probably one of the offenses i'm just not not thrilled about in general this year um one of the reasons that i have interest in moss is because i think you can play like a moss indiana or indianapolis like um running back defensive stack. We talked about Nico Collins. Um, I had no like interest whatsoever in Robert Woods. He actually did really well um, target-wise. Nico Collins is still the guy for me here. Um, not overthinking this. If I'm playing Richardson, Pittman, I'm looking at Nico Collins as my run back here. Yeah, 11 targets for Nico Collins. I mean, that's, that's a massive role for 4,800. Um, like I'm not interested in an aging Robert Woods. Give me, give me the young guy who, yeah. who carved out, proved that he had the role last week. Um, we we do say, you know, be careful what you what you believe in after what you see in week one. But a lot of things have pointed to Nico Collins being being the number one wide receiver in this offense. So I, I think that was a great call last week. I'm going right back to that. Nico Collins would be the guy I'm using to run it back. Um, Damian Pierce was popping in the blitz projection that I was looking at a little bit before on the show. I don't know if I can get there. I, I know Indy's defense isn't great, um, and he's cheap at 5,600. Um, coming off the injury, though, he wasn't super efficient. Only 11 uh, rushing attempts last week. So I don't know. If Houston plays from ahead, maybe he he gets much more involved. Like 18 to 20 carries wouldn't surprise me, but I'd, I'd probably take a wait and see on this backfield, especially with Singletary lurking there as well. Um, I think Nico Collins is really the, the only person of interest here. Um, large field tournaments, Keith. 
Just just yeah. wanted to get your thoughts. Any interest in Stroud in this game? No, I mean, I get it because Indy's defense looks to be not good. Um, their, their secondary in Pass particular. Defense. Their so run I, defense looks so good. Yeah, so I, I totally get your angle there. Like their secondary, there's just nobody back there. Um, Stroud is really cheap. He's not. He was never a running guy, really, in college, either. Though, um, I, I mean, I think I'm just playing Richardson every time over him. Right. He he is a little bit more expensive. Um, Gino's kind of in this range. Like, I don't know. I don't think I'll get to Stroud, but I, I certainly understand your angle there. Really bad uh, indie secondary in a dome here, so it makes sense. I always like throw in two or three like three percent owned quarterbacks in my 150 builds and i feel like he might be one of those guys this week like you know who to run it back with you know who to play him with he has the potential for a rushing touchdown it just i don't i don't expect him to run four times for 20 yards every week but i i feel like when you have these young quarterbacks trying to prove stuff against the other young quarterbacks you never know what's going to happen and i think this game at a 40 total has some potential to go over as well. Uh, Chicago at Tampa, 41 and a half total in this game. Tampa, a three point favorite. I feel like that line might have moved. Um, I mean, Tampa two and a half. Um, so there is um, some potential weather in this game. Um, we'll go Chicago first though, Keith. Don't mess with the Tampa run defense. Another run defense um, that might be just absolutely stellar this year. I think you're going to have to throw the ball against Tampa. And, I mean, Justin Fields worries me throwing the football. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't great. Um, the offensive line looks like it's still a massive problem. Um, as long skates. as Tevin Jenkins – They look like they were on skates. <laughs> yeah. As long as Tevin Jenkins remains out, it's going to be pretty tough to want to target the Bears passing attack. I think you just you play fields naked. DJ Moore was a total disappointment. I told you it was going to be a thing. Two targets, come on. In a game that Justin Fields threw 37 times, I'm so so disappointed in that. Like you've got to get the guy the ball. Like you you went and you gave up the number 1 overall pick to get this guy in the room and you target him two times in a game you threw the ball 37 times. Unbelievable what the Bears coaching staff is doing here. Offensive line's a disaster. Makes it really tough to want to play the passing attack here. That said, you can certainly still play Justin Fields naked as a runner. Um, we like He's going to have massive upside in that. Just not being able to push the ball downfield via the passing attack means that the only way the Bears can move the ball is by Justin Fields taking off and running it, exactly what we saw last year. So Fields at 7,600, I, you can play him run it back with somebody on the Tampa Bay side is what I would do there. The other thing that was worth noting is if this game does get out of hand in favor of the Buccaneers, Roshan Johnson had the passing game role and he looked really good doing it. This dude runs with anger, man. Like he, he was impressive. Um, seven targets. Obviously you need the, you need the, the game script for him to have this type of role. He's 4,900, but if you're stacking up bucks, I don't think Roshan Johnson is a terrible run back. Yeah, I don't think that's a crazy call at all. Um, I played a little bit of Herbert last week in my builds. Um, he had an okay game. It wasn't anything crazy. I think he only had like nine nine carries. That game got out of, 
a little out of hand. Um, I the other one I, I kind of want to just mention Cole Komet. Um, seven targets for a tight end in an offense that could potentially get shut down run wise again. Maybe Komet is someone we should look at in tournaments here. Um, the Tampa Tampa side, man, Baker Mayfield could have a big game. Um, and he's still anyone can cheap. have a big game. Yeah, I, anyone Chicago's, can have a big game against these Bears defense. Yeah, they're just not good. And like, no, the thing is, like, Tampa has the 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 skill guys like in Evans and Godwin that like it just makes me a little interested in Mayfield again um, this week. And he wasn't. He wasn't necessarily terrible for fantasy last week. Um, so, I mean, pairing him with Evans or Godwin, I also don't mind, you know, going a little crazy here and going like Rashard White Tampa defense stack and just saying like Justin Fields is not going to beat this defense. Um, this running game is going to struggle and this whole game is going to struggle for Chicago. But I do I do have some interest in Baker Mayfield again this week. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on the the Mayfield stacks. I mean, the the offense should be pretty concentrated around Evans and Godwin here. Um, I know Trey Palmer taught a, caught a touchdown pass, but we know who the big target earners are going to be. Um, and it's still a cheap enough double stack. Like Evans down to 6,200 is very interesting to me. Uh, Godwin is still cheap at 6K as well. So it's it's still what I would consider a value stack, even with the two premium wide receivers in it. Definitely like that, but. I really love your Rashad White Bucks defense call. Um, Rashad White is really cheap at 5,500. I played a little bit of him last week and he was quite disappointing. The role wasn't disappointing. He had 17 carries, yeah. but very inefficient. He's better than that. And he gets an outstanding matchup here against just a porous Chicago Bears run defense. So Rashad White at 5,500, I'm very interested there. And the, the defense is one of the best spots of the week. They're at home. They're favored, and they get Justin Fields, who's going to run around until he takes a sack a lot of times. Um, or the, the offensive line is just going to ole the, the edge rusher, and Justin Fields is going to be on his back in the first second and a half. Uh, so sacks, interceptions, when they get trailing, he'll throw it up there. Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense definitely has a, a ton of upside this week. Yeah, Richard White, um, 79% of snaps last week. You know, played 54 yeah. huge, of the huge 68 just, snaps. Yeah, that's huge role, just inefficient. Yeah, but you're looking for the volume, right? You're looking for yep. the the high snap count. Not really sharing the backfield with anybody is huge. He was one of he was one of seven guys that had a um, snap percentage over seventy five percent of running back this past week. So um, even if you don't want to play him with Tampa's defense, I think White just as a a one off. You know, we don't talk about that as much in football as we do like in baseball. But I think White by himself is in play in yep. this game as a whole. Um. Okay, this one. <laughs> Baltimore at Cincinnati, 46 and a half the total. Uh, Cincinnati, they were a three and a half point favorite in this one. They still are. Um, two offenses that kind of were disappointing. I know Baltimore, they kind of controlled a lot of that football game and they really didn't have to do much. Um, I think it's the nicest way to put it against Houston and it just Lamar Jackson was terrible. Um, he did not look good whatsoever. We love the role that we saw from Zay Flowers. Dobbins looked really good until he got hurt. Now we're going to get Gus Edwards likely early down back, Justice Hill third down back, Lamar Jackson goal line back. Um, 
<laughs> I've already saw I was messing around on a couple sites and I saw that Yahoo has Lamar priced down and they do a lot of um price adjusting when it comes to performance. Lamar on fan or on Yahoo looks really juicy if you play over there. Um what's your thoughts here on Baltimore? Yeah, the running back situation, poor one out for J.K. Dobbins. You hate to see that. Man. Just worked his way back from an ACL injury. Now he's dealing with an Achilles. Like tough for him. Um the you're not you're not buying Justice Hill goal line back with the two touchdowns last last week. Um that that's definitely one of those don't believe everything you saw in week one. Um Stevie calling uh, Lamar the goal line back is uh, points to that perfectly. Um, I would expect Edwards to get more opportunities than Hill on the goal line. Um, don't don't read too much into the two touchdowns for Justice Hill. Um, yeah, I mean this game environment, like I'm just concerned. I guess a little bit. Um, I love the role from Zay Flowers. I know I want to play some Zay Flowers. Kid looked yeah. awesome out there was earning more targets even with with OBJ and uh, Rashad Bateman on the field, earning 10 targets, just incredible performance from him. Price bump up to 5,000, still in play if he's going to gonna get 8 to 10 targets, absolutely. And that that is one I'm buying. Like he just – he looked so good out there. Um, you could just tell he was, he was a, a level above – definitely Odell. B- Bateman looked okay, but Zay Flowers is their most talented receiver in my opinion. Um the tight end situation with Andrews banged up, I still don't know what to do. Like, I, he's Isaiah expected Lightly, back for what's it, okay for what it's worth. He's expected. Yeah, I mean that, that makes it tough. Like, you certainly Mark Andrews is always in play when he's on the field, um, but he's really expensive. The matchup against Cincinnati is like, especially if they have to throw it a lot more. If, if Cincinnati pushes the Baltimore offense, that's when we can really see Lamar put up these huge games. So I am interested. Um, I was less disappointed in the Baltimore offense than I was in the Cincinnati offense. I think Baltimore just kind of didn't have to push it as much with the matchup against Houston. Cincinnati was just downright disappointing. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in this game overall. Yeah, Cleveland defense is no joke, man. Um, like, I think Burrow just had, he had a bad game, don't get me wrong, but that Cleveland defense is legit. Um, Cleveland ran the ball down Cincinnati's throat. Um, so I, I do feel like if you did want to take some shots on Gus Edwards – um, on like, uh, he would be the, he would be the guy that I think I'd take shots on. Um, just for me, actually, I, I really like Lamar. I really like Zay Flowers. If I'm paying up a tight end this week, it's Kelsey. I'm sorry. Sorry, Mark Andrews. Um, there's no way I'm not playing up, paying up for Kelsey, um, over Andrews this week. Sorry. Going to the other side of this game. Um, I mean, how do you not expect a bounce back? I mean, anything's a bounce back after what we saw from them last week. But I think this is one of those spots where recent memory is going to tell people Cincinnati struggled big time. But Joe Burrow's too good. Jamar Chase is too good. T. Higgins is too good. I think this is an excellent bounce back spot for Cincinnati, even in a tough matchup against Baltimore. Yeah, completely agree. Um, just give me give me the Burrow Chase Higgins double stack is is the way that I want to play this. So disappointing last week. I don't think anyone is going to do that. Higgins is cheap enough at sixty four hundred. Did not have a catch last week. I think that's gonna just the casual fans are gonna be like, oh, I can't play T Higgins. He didn't have any catches. He still had eight <laughs> targets. 
Um, so he, like he's, we know he's going to be involved. He is an elite receiver, even if he's overshadowed by Jamar Chase at times. I think you can afford the the Burrow Chase Higgins double stack, and I don't know how many weeks we're going to be able to say that this week. So I absolutely love that spot this week. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, yeah, I was talking about that stat of how many routes on dropbacks and T. Higgins ran 94% routes on dropbacks. Yeah. So did he, Jamar he's Chase. A, he's a number one wide receiver in any other offense. Um, large field tournaments. <laughs> yeah, large field tournaments, I don't mind Irv Smith. Um, really like the potential role. Um, looks like it's going to be a really good potential role for him. He's not really competing any with anybody like the other tight ends in this offense are more when it comes to like blocking tight ends. So I really, I think Irv Smith, Keith is someone in large field tournaments. We take look like to take some shots on. We can't play hundred percent Kelsey, even though we want to, we can't. <laughs> yeah. don't hate that call. And I mean, that three K range of tight ends is, is always where I'm looking. You get a touchdown from a three K tight end. You feel pretty good about what they gave you. Um, Moving on. Game of the week. We'll just call it what it is. This is the this is the game of the week. Um, if you don't call this is the game of the week, you're wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> Chiefs and Jags, uh, 51 and a half total. Kansas City, a three and a half point favorite in this game. I mean, the fact that Kelsey is looking like he's going to play um, is huge. <laughs> they missed him uh, so much last week. Um, but, I, I mean... Limited practice is better than anything. It's a it's a bone bruise. Um, and from everything I read, Kelsey wanted to play last week, and they wouldn't let him. So um, if Kelsey's back, huge upgrade. <laughs> Not even an understatement. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is, this is just a phenomenal spot for Patrick Mahomes. Um, he's always expensive to get to. We have a few value plays potentially opening up, depending on, like, Eckler and stuff. Um, yeah, I love Patrick Mahomes this week. Yeah, the Mahomes to Kelsey is what I am super interested in here. 
I don't know that I can mess around with these wide receivers. I typically like to double stack Mahomes, um, but there's no chance I'm playing Kadarius Tony after that performance. Just, I mean, the one that went through his hands for a pick six the other way, just an egregious performance from Kadarius Tony. Sure, there's possibility he could bounce back, and and maybe I'm I'm looking into that too much, but I I think I would rather take shots on somebody like Rasheed Rice getting. Like he was involved enough. He had five targets. Um, and but he was just more successful. Like I don't know why you why you would continue to trust Kadarius Tony. He's gonna be in that gadgety role anyway. Like I think that's where he fits best as is kind of like a change of pace, design your plays for Kadarius Tony. I don't think that he can go out there and run routes and be a wide receiver. Um, he's very similar to, to how um McCole Hardman was in this offense. And that's that's how I've felt about Tony even coming into this season is that I don't really think he's a wide receiver. He, he's more of a, a gadget, like design the play for him type of guy. So I'm trying to find the guy who can act, be an actual like wide receiver here. Rasheed Rice looked really good to me. Um, 3,800. I think that's who I would use if I'm double stacking. Like Mahomes and Kelsey are going to be one of my highest on pairings. And then I'll, I'll mix in some Rasheed Rice as well. Um, again, I... I'm with you on Tony. Um, I like speed wise, he has a huge ceiling. I feel like in any game, um, the guy that like interests me the most here, Keith is sky Moore. snaps wise. The, the amount of routes he was running. I feel like Travis Kelsey being back potentially actually helps sky Moore in this game. As crazy as that sounds. I hear you. And, he, dro- he dropped two pretty easy ones too, but I'm not. I'm yeah. not as down on Sky Moore. I still believe in the talent of Sky Moore, um, and I, I, I do like this call. Yeah. So I mean, like you, when I'm playing Patrick Mahomes because of price, and I'm playing Travis Kelsey, I like to find that third piece, and I think Sky Moore makes sense as that third piece. And if you think this game is going to be like a full-on shootout. McKinnon might be that other piece as well um, that you could take shots on, even though he wasn't as involved as we kind of, they use three running backs. Maybe it's not McKinnon. Um, I guess it also depends on like if Ed, Edward Solaire plays in this game, he was sick, but it, it sounds like an illness on a Wednesday typically leads to playing depending on what the illness is. So um, I do think it's Sky Moore. I, I think it's Mahomes, Kelsey Moore um, in my, my triple stack for Kansas city here this week. Um, Calvin Ridley. He looked fantastic. <laughs> Indeed. Um, like, I don't even know how to, to sugarcoat that one. The guy that I want to talk about, though, is ETN. I wasn't high on ETN at all last week, um, and I probably should have been. He had a fantastic football game against one of the best run defenses in the league. I think we need to be looking at ETN. Um, Kansas City run defense – Potentially gets a little bit better with Jones signing a one-year deal. Is he ready? Is he in football shape? We don't know. He's been um, sitting out because of the contract. And the contract came out, and it was like barely anything more than what he was getting anyway. And they can still franchise tag him. So what was the holdout for? Anyway. Um, <laughs> they put some incentives in there, I think, was the, the okay. big sweetener for him. But Ooh, big whoop. <laughs> he can still get franchise tagged at the end of the year. That's the one thing like he was complaining about. Like anyway, anyway, um, not to get sidetracked because um, we do that. <laughs> we do that sometimes. <laughs> uh, the Jags. I, I mean, 
I feel like it's a very condensed target share for me. I have interest in Lawrence. I have interest in Ridley and I have interest in ETN. Yeah. I mean, this is one of the best spots of the week. Like you mentioned, um, Kansas city plays super fast. And I think Jacksonville is willing to go out there and try, try to keep up with them. Uh, Calvin Ridley is the very clear and clear and obvious target for me. 11 targets. I think he had eight of them in the first half. Like just, it looked like this guy was going to absolutely put up a monster. Um, kind of fell off a little bit in the second half. Good adjustment by the indie defense, but I'm. It's still very obvious that Ridley is the number one guy here. That we we talked about that on this podcast last week. It came to very much to fruition. Christian Kirk is still going to have some big games. Um, only three targets for him. I, like I feel like that might be a sneaky low on play in this spot. Don't believe everything you saw in week one. I definitely believe that Ridley is the number one guy here but it wouldn't surprise me to see Kirk pick up quite a few more targets in this spot. So I wouldn't forget about him. I love your ETN call. Um, very impressive role, 18 carries, five targets. Um, that That's that's a workhorse type workload there. So 6,900 Kansas city is, has always been somebody that you can run against. Um, yeah. I, I like the ETN call Lawrence, Lawrence to Ridley might be my highest on stack of the week. Run it back with Kelsey. Yeah, and I think, honestly, I think um, if you are expecting this game to be as high scoring as I think we all are, you can put ETN in your Lawrence Ridley stacks. Um, it's very rare that I will do a quarterback, running back, wide receiver stack, but with his pass like catching ability and the fact that he played 80% of the snaps, fourth highest last week, 80% of the snaps. The team played 69 snaps, one of the highest in the like in the um, week one, and he was on the field for 55 of those. Like. His share in the running game is just so massive um, that, like, he – a touchdown, five catches, 80 yards rushing, and Lawrence and Ridley do their thing. Kelsey does his thing. Like, this stacks off to the races. So, Yeah, five think, targets in a game they were they were leading, I think that's a yeah. very positive sign. Like, he is game script proof, it would appear. I don't think Bigsby would be the guy to take receiving work. ETN's going to be the receiving back here. So also really quick, like this is probably one of the highest owned games of the slate. How do I make my stacks different? And I think playing ETN is how you could potentially do it. Um, so, I mean, just just something to think about. I, I like ETN a lot this week. Yeah, I mean, Evan, Evan Ingram, don't forget him. We didn't mention his oh, name, yeah, but he's, him, he's yeah. obviously a guy that has a tremendous upside in the spot. I mean, And uh, especially they, like if most people stacking up this game are going to Kelsey – Playing Ingram and Kelsey together, I think, is another way to make this a pretty unique stack. It also makes the Chaps stack stack cheaper. Um, so that's something to kind of note. All right, we go to the 4 o'clock games. we got four of them this week. Um, they're not the best. <laughs> um, you're not as excited about having um, P- PMR this week as you were last week. <laughs> um, we get started with a game that actually I kind of like this game and um, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. We got San Francisco at LA taking on the Rams, 45 total in this game. Rams and or San Francisco, eight point favorite. Brock Purdy again just continues to do his thing. I mean, he didn't have to go crazy against Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh looked awful. Um, Let's talk 49ers here. I think that this is a spot where we talked about IU last week. We probably should have played more of him because <laughs> we did. We, we literally sat on the podcast last week and we're like, this dude has the potential to be the number one receiving 
player in this offense, and that's what he did, and he scored two touchdowns. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey looked fantastic. The the 60-40 target share by Christian McCaffrey didn't seem to be a thing, um, which something a lot of people were worked at, worried about, but 85% of snaps, led running backs in percentage of snaps played last week. He, he's the guy you pay up for at running back if you're going to pay up. Yeah, 22 carries for Christian McCaffrey. So much for not having that elite workload anymore. Um, <laughs> love to see that. Um, and we know he's going to have the, the passing down work if they're ever – if they ever find themselves behind. So feel pretty good about what we saw from Christian McCaffrey. Agree. He he is one of the premium spend up options this week. I think with what we saw from Ayuk last week, I think Debo's my guy this week. I, I would, I would take a pivot on that. I think people are going to click Ayuk over Debo. Um, Debo is still a guy who can break off a touchdown from anywhere on the field. Um, he, he got his two rushing attempts again. So the, like they're still very interested in, in working him in there. I think there will be designed red zone plays for him. The touchdown equity should be there for him. Um, seven targets too. It's not like he had a bad game. Seven targets is completely fine for 5,600. Uh, but I, th- I think the field will go back to IU. So give me Debo this week. Purdy dropped back 35 times um, week one. He, he only threw 29 times, but he dropped back 35 times. Debo Samuel ran a route 33 of those 35 times. Just saying. Love it. Just saying. Um, love that call, by the way. I, I had wrote down Debo as well. If everyone's going to pivot to IU, Debo is cheaper now. Um, and they do, they, I mean, they always seem to do like these design runs as well for Debo, um, which gives him upside. Um, I, I also like as a cheap quarterback play, don't mind Purdy this week. Um, I don't think the Rams defense is going to be good this year. Um, just in general. And I don't know if that's necessarily a hot take by any means, but no, I mean, Aaron Donald's going to cause some problems, but they have nothing in the back, like the back half of that defense. Yeah, just, I mean, I just think Seattle played a bad game. Like, that's what's yep. even more, like, frustrating about that whole game as a as a whole. Um, Rams, the biggest shock in week one? <laughs> yeah. Matthew Stafford have looked like he was five years younger. He looked fantastic. Um, <laughs> the passing game looked fantastic. Williams made Acres um, a thing of the past. I mean, just the Rams, I think, were the team that, like, some people got uh, Puka right. Don't get me wrong. And, like, Tutu, like, I will define. But no no one got Williams right. If you if you are sitting here saying you got Williams right, you're, you're <laughs> not. You're, you know, you're, you're wrong. Uh, no one knew that he was going to have that type of role. No, no one saw it coming. It's not like Agers didn't have a role. He still carried the ball. What he's he had twenty two carries. He only yeah. twenty nine yards on twenty two carries. Unbelievable. Like just that's that's pitiful. So Who I'm, doesn't I'm get worried. Twenty carries this week. <laughs> not no, Agers. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Uh, Kyron Williams definitely looks like the better back. This San Francisco defense we can put right alongside that Jets defense that we talked about early in the show, though. Like super elite San Francisco defense here. I think that just means I'm completely fading running backs and I'm just looking for the cheap wide receivers here. Puka Nakua, like how impressive was that? 15 targets look looking like Cooper Cup out there. I, I, I kind of want to say don't expect that same type of thing, but at the same time, we've seen Sean McVay like scheme to the slot receiver all the time. And Nakua did did rotate all over the formation. Um, so he, he wasn't primarily in the slot. 
but we know that that role in this McVay offense is huge. He's still only 4,900. Like, I don't know if I'm playing Stafford stacks this week because of the respect I have for the San Francisco defense, but absolutely on the other side of Debo as a mini correlation, I love Nakua and Atwell as, as guys that I can throw in as a mini correlation in my lineups. Um, Atwell had a fantastic role as well, eight yards over 100 um, receiving. So just those two guys clearly look like the alphas. I, I said it on the podcast last week. I don't think Van Jefferson is any good. And the fact that he's being out-targeted by, by Nakua and Atwell already, like I, that just further stiffens my stance there. It's Nakua and it's Atwell for me. Higby was the biggest surprise. We both loved Higby on the, on the podcast last week. Oh, yeah. I'm not ready to give up on him quite yet. Like I, I still think there's room for a huge role as long as Cooper Cup is out of this offense. So he's still expensive, but that's going to keep him low owned in, in a pretty good spot here. So I'll go I'll go back to some some Higby, but I, I love those two wide receivers, Nakua and Atwell. Yeah, I mean Warner at linebacker is always tough on tight ends, but I mean I, yeah. I think that like Stafford could find Higby here like um and the thing the thing too that we like should note is Stafford didn't score last week what would have happened had he had that opportunity would it have been Higby who knows um yeah I mean CMC with one of these cheap wide receivers um Debo or Ayuk with one of these cheap wide receivers Purdy and Debo or Ayuk with one of these cheap wide receivers I don't think you necessarily need Stafford. Stafford doesn't give you typically doesn't give you like 353 upside. Um, so he's not going to go out there and run the ball a hundred times either. So, all right. Giants and, and Cardinals um, 39 and a half total in this game. Giants were a six point favorite. They still are. Um, I mean, we're talking defense. We've been talking defense a lot. That Dallas defense, man, legit. Yeah. Um, yes. It was raining. The game was sloppy. The wide receivers still worry me so much for the Giants. Um, what are we doing here in a matchup where we kind of expect them to bounce back? Arizona's not good. Yeah, I mean, I think it's Saquon Barkley for me. Like, I have huge concerns about this Giants offensive line. Um now, that being said, the Arizona pass rush is also pretty bad. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Daniel Jones go off here. Um, but Saquon is the guy, like, they should be playing from a lead. I would be shocked if the Giants don't play from a, with a lead in this game. Barkley expected to have one of the best roles in the entire league this season. Um, it, there's too many re- receivers for me to try to pick from and want to use a Daniel Jones stack in the spot, I think. Just give me Saquon Barkley in a game they should be leading. I think if you're playing any pass catcher here, it's Waller. I mean, that's – I think that's the guy that I trust the most in the passing game. Um, but I'm with you. I think Barkley um, – Barkley Giants defense is something that I kind of like this week. And, like, yeah. people are going to be like, oh, well, the Giants defense gave up 40 points to Dallas. Well, the Giants defense took everybody out in the third and fourth quarter of that game because it's <laughs> awful. Um, and the and offense like, gave up two of the touchdowns. Yeah. It, <laughs> like, it's not even more the – it's not even more like the Giants defense. I don't necessarily think they are good. I just don't think Josh Dobbs is good. Um, so With that's, that's one of the reasons. Yep. Um, we saw a huge workload, as expected, from James Conner. He was on the field a ton. Five catches, uh, 14 carries. I mean, 
right at 20 touches, dealing with a little bit of a calf injury, but it doesn't sound like it's like a, a huge thing. If he were to sit, Ingram would be a stellar value play. It's Wednesday. We don't know too much about injury reports yet, usually when we're recording the podcast. But I want nothing to do with Arizona, maybe outside of James Conner. Yeah, completely with you. Definitely, I don't think Josh Dobbs is an NFL quarterback, so Connor's my only. Josh only Dobbs doesn't here. think Josh Dobbs is an NFL quarterback. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, yeah, it's it's Connor and nothing else. Yeah, I just like what? Like, okay, I don't want to spend a ton of time on this, but like, what else would you even consider? Uh, that's where I'm at. Like, Zach Ertz. I, okay, maybe we should have mentioned Zach Ertz. He had ten targets last week. Um, he ran a route on 85% of the dropbacks, which wasn't even a ton. But maybe we should have at least mentioned Zach Ertz as a player. I'll throw Michael Wilson out there just as a 3K wide receiver who looked really good in the preseason, had a pretty nice role. He only got – He was on the field tar- a ton. Four targets. He was. On the field yeah. a ton, only got four targets. If they if Arizona's playing from behind and they're trying to throw it a bunch, I could see Michael Wilson having 100 yards at, at 3,300. That'd be useful. You can see a little secondary stack here with like Ertz. Or Wilson with Barkley. I don't yeah. hate that. Uh, Jets and Cowboys. 39.5 total. Dallas a 9.5 point favorite. Um, just a game that just has two of the better defenses in the NFL. I, is there anything we can do with the Jets here? Like, I, I know, like, there might be times this year where we potentially attack Garrett Wilson, but now with Zach Wilson at quarterback, we can't trust him. Um, I want to play Brees Hall because he's just an absolute beast, but we saw way too much Dalvin Cook for me to want to pay Brees Hall prices against Dallas. Um, Large field tournaments, I think you could take some shots on Hall, but I think overall, I mean, this is a game, the Jets side, I'm just going to stay away from. I think the Jets defense is interesting in this spot. But I don't know if I would necessarily pair it with Hall because Dalvin Cook could easily get the touchdown. Um, so, I, I mean, just maybe taking some shots on the Jets' defense in tournaments by themselves. I mean, Brees Hall looked absolutely incredible. We, we have to get that out of the way first. He, he um, but you could tell that he's still, still working his way back from the injury. He was free behind the defense twice. He should have had two long touchdown runs. He just – he doesn't have the – like, he's not all the way back from the injury yet. He doesn't have the, the same, like – like he, sh- if he was completely healthy, he would have scored touchdowns on both of those plays. Is is my point here? That being said, he looked amazing. Um, he's a super talented running back. Give him a couple of weeks, and and I think we're we're gonna be talking about Dalvin Cook starting to lose even more of the share to him. But I'm not ready to jump on Brees Hall uh, just yet. Like I know he was incredible. He looked amazing. Still not quite all the way back in my opinion. Dalvin Cook's still gonna have a role here. Tough matchup against Dallas. I'm I'm out on the running backs. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Brees Hall looked the. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say he looked fantastic and only played thirty-two percent of the snaps. I, I mean, right. yep. the game plan. Now they have a week, right? They had a halftime. Um, no one expected Aaron Rodgers to get knocked out out for the season in that game. Now they have a week to prepare an offense to play, kind of keep away ball and just try to keep the game close because the defense is so good. I feel like that's that's a downside of this game in general is you have two offenses that know they have really good defenses, and, like, we might just see a lot of running and a low, slow-paced game here. 
Yeah, that's kind of my concern as well. Um, Garrett Wilson is priced up, and it's not not really the game environment. Um, I mean, like, I just I don't think the Jets have any chance of keeping up. If, if the if even if Dallas can go out and score some points, I don't think the Jets can keep up. So there's really just not much to like here. Dallas side of this game, um, maybe some Pollard with some Dallas defense. Yeah. I, Dallas defense is definitely a defense I think you want to play this week. Um, so, I mean, Pollard with Dallas defense, I think the the game script isn't the best for CeeDee Lamb or Brandon Cooks or Gallup or any of these guys this week, Ferguson. I really do think it's just a Pollard week for me um, on the Dallas side of the ball. Yeah, Pollard is is just an elite play. Like he we he has the role we've been begging to see for four years now. Um, with Zeke finally out of town, this guy should be in there a ton. Uh, the Dallas defense looked amazing against the Giants. Um, certainly don't expect two defensive touchdowns again, but they they certainly could have another one here against Zach Wilson. Um, so Cowboys defense one of the top on the, on the slate. Tony Pollard one of the best running back plays on the slate. I don't think I'm trying to take on this pass, this Jets pass rush or or their secondary um, with Gardner back there. So probably no Dak for me. Probably no CD Lamb. Um, it's it's Pollard in the Cowboys defense for me too. CD is good enough that if like you're building 150 and you want to get you know eight percent eight percent CD Lamb and just hope that like he just has that game. Yeah, he and has a guy they'll move all. Yeah, they'll move him into the slot too, which Gard, I'm not sure Gardner would follow him down in there. So he de- doesn't. Definitely. He, he plays this side of the ball. I mean, yep. Yep. So CD, CD might be a, a, a solid play here, especially if he's really owned. Um, that's it for that game. I don't really have anything else to add. And uh, don't be alarmed if you're looking at the numbers on like Pollard only playing 63% of the snaps. That game was out of control. They won 40 to nothing. <laughs> yep. Washington at Denver. Denver, three and a half point favorite in this game, 38 and a half total overall. Um, any interest here in Washington? I'm, I like this offense, but I don't like a team going into Denver early in the season. That, that's my biggest concern here. Um, I'm very high on Jahan Dotson. I think you can play him as until he is priced appropriately. I am of the opinion he's still too cheap. It's a very tough spot here against Denver, so I like Howell is still too cheap also, um, but it's a tough matchup against Denver. So I probably wait until next week to play these guys. Uh, a one-off of Dotson, I don't mind. I don't think there's enough upside with the, stacking him with Howell. That, like, if Dotson gets off, it's probably going to be most of what Washington does on offense. So not, not interested in the stack. Dotson for the price while McLaurin is still dealing with this turf toe, I think is, is in play. Um, I don't know that I'm touching the tight end situation. Eight targets for Logan Thomas is certainly worth noting. He's 3,100. Um, but again, don't don't love this Washington offense in Denver at, at altitude. The running back situation, I mean, just again, it's, it's too tough of a matchup. I, I think the role from Brian Robinson looks to be fantastic, but just the efficiency is going to be an issue again here against Denver, I think. Yeah, I mean, I talked about Robinson. He was one of my favorite plays last week. Um, he looked great, and they Gibson looked awful, and he barely got there, but he got there. So, I mean, not a spot I want to play him. Um, I do think – I think Denver kind of controls this game overall. So, I mean, if I'm playing anybody from Washington, you mentioned Dotson. I like that call a lot. I don't hate Logan Thomas, 
I'll be honest, if I'm not playing Kelsey, I'm just going to kind of mix the rest of my tight ends in. I think I have like 12 tight ends written down this week, which is a really high number that I need to get narrowed down a little bit. But I honestly, like looking at like the tight end data, there was a lot of interesting like tight end plays this week. Um, the Denver side, I mean, this is another one of those games that we're kind of watching. We're watching the news a little bit because we want to know if Jerry Judy is going to play or not. Um, Williams looked good. I mean, we 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 should say that uh, that was really good to see. Um, what are your thoughts here on the Denver side? Yeah, very dependent upon Jerry Judy, obviously. It sounds like he had a better chance to play last week than than I ever thought he did. I, w- I had right. assumed Judy was going to be out since we recorded this last Wednesday. Um, sounds like he actually tried to give it a go pregame um, and just ultimately could not. But he was closer than anyone thought, I think, to playing on Sunday, um, which would have saved us from the, the Marvin Mims debacle. Um, <laughs> but... Like Judy, Judy is the top option in this offense if he's healthy. Um, Sutton looked great in his absence, so I'd be interested in, go- in going back to Cortland Sutton if Judy is going to be out again. Only five targets, but he did catch the touchdown. I don't know. Like a lot of people expecting a bounce back from Russell Wilson with Sean Payton taking over. I kind of am in that same boat. We just didn't see it last week, and it's not like it was a tough spot. It was against a bad Las Vegas defense, so. I might be on a wait-and-see approach from, from Russ and company again here. We have a split backfield. Javante looked really good like you you expected. Or like you said, I expected Pirine to actually lead the backfield more more than I did Williams. But Williams outcarried him um, early in the season anyway. I expected Williams to take over by the end of the year. But weeks one through like four, I expected Pirine to kind of be the the leader of the backfield here. Um, so Williams outcarrying him was was a surprise to me. I don't want to touch the the split backfield. I don't think so. I'm, I'm mostly out on the Denver side of this game too. Denver defense in play for sure. I um actually I have a little of interest in Javante Williams just because I was looking at like projected ownership. It's early in the week. It's Wednesday, but um, not getting hardly any love. Yeah, he he bumped up a little bit throughout the day today. But I think he is he's really interesting. Just I mean, he's evolved in the passing game. He's, I mean, a guy that can definitely stay on the field and run the ball as well. So I have a little interest in Williams this week. I have interest in that Denver defense, like you mentioned. Um, I think they're very much in play this week. If Judy plays, um, don't mind it. Like, what's crazy, Keith, is like they – like Russell Wilson was 27 for 34 through two touchdowns, and – it just it was a it was an interesting uh, weird almost a weird stat line for the game how the game kind of played out because it's not like he played bad but like his average his average like target wasn't far they I mean they, the game just kind of was slow um, slow paced game a lot of like inbounds and clock running kind of thing and just one of those games where. Um, could have went either way and like Russ didn't necessarily play terrible, but what's his up his upside might just be limited. It might not have that like huge Russell Williams, Seattle, 350 yard, you know, two, three touchdown upside anymore. Um, but it was good to see him throw a couple touchdowns. Uh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, my, my concern was like, why, why are they running these practice squad wide receivers out little Jordan Humphrey and, and Philip Dorsett? <laughs> Come on. I mean, 
what are we doing here? <laughs> like, I think Judy being out was was a huge deal. Um, Dulcich getting banged up was was a big blow to the the passing offense. I think Troutman had yeah. five of the targets. I, there's no way that happens without Dulcich. Like Dulcich is such a better receiver than Troutman. Um, I'm maybe we should mention mention Troutman just because he did have five targets and it looks so like Dulcich is going to miss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the three K range of tight end is absolutely loaded. But I don't know. I I think I need to see it from them. I I, I believe Washington has a a pretty solid defense. So I, I probably just sit sit this one out. For what it's worth, this is definitely one of those slates you could play Kelsey at tight end and play a tight end in the tight end spot and act as Kelsey as like your fourth wide receiver and use yeah. a cheap tight end. Um, I might actually build more two tight end sets this week than I had planned on just looking at like my notes here from as we've been going. All like right. That. Um, that's it. 12 games through it, but it didn't even take us like two hours tonight. Um, maybe maybe I just need to do podcasts from hotels more often, move through games faster. But I feel like this slate, I hate saying this, it's going to come back and bite me. Uh, I feel like this slate is pretty straightforward and you kind of know which games you want to target and which games you want to be underweight on. Does that make sense? I think that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, there are two very clear games, I think, and even a third. But Casey Jacksonville is the obvious one. I really like Seattle-Detroit, and uh, I think Indy-Houston is is another one I would throw in there. All right, let's play the morning grind game. Um, let's Really quick, I was looking at it, and I forgot already. Keith, you went three, six, and one last week, and I went four and six. So we got we got some work to do. Um we got some work to do this week. Quarterback for 300 plus passing yards. Who do you got this week? Give me – this is one I got right last week. Give me Jared Goff at home, in the dome, on, on the fast turf against a Seattle defense that gave up 300 passing yards to Matthew Stafford last week. <laughs> I like that a lot. Um, I'm going to go Justin Herbert. I think he's going to light up this Tennessee defense this week. I think he is a phenomenal, phenomenal tournament play this week. If the, if the Tennessee Titans can keep this game close, I think Herbert throws for close to 400 yards this week. This is a hot take. I don't even know if it's necessarily a hot take. Uh, give me – it is – again, we, I say this every week, but it it is Wednesday, and ownership is definitely going to change. But looking at ownership that we have right now, give me a running back that scores a touchdown this week. Give me Rashad White against the Chicago Bears. I, I love the, his price this week. Uh, I loved his role last week. He's still too cheap, and now he gets a great matchup against Chicago. I talked about this spot when we were breaking the games down. I love ETN this week. Um, I don't expect him to get a ton of ownership. I think a lot of people are going to focus on the passing game from both sides of this game, and I think ETN is how you get your um, Jacksonville-Kansas City stacks different this week. So give me ETN. Give me a quarterback-wide receiver combo uh, for a touchdown. How about Geno Smith, the DK Metcalf? Oh, you, you took mine. I knew you were <laughs> going to take mine too. Um, dang you! I, I like. I knew it was coming too, but I love right. that game this week. Um, hold on, I got to find another one now. Try not to go. Oh, I'll I'll go back to one that I liked last week. Give me Mayfield to um, Godwin. Like that. Evans, wide open. I mean, at least Baker Mayfield didn't miss that pass. Like, he was yeah. wide open. Uh, wide receiver for eight-plus targets this week. 
feel like he was our boy last week and we're oh. both going right back to him. It's Calvin Ridley, man. There's I don't think there's any way he doesn't get eight targets here against Kansas City. I'm going to go to my staple from this game last year um, and just say my boy St. Brown, just a guy that you just can't go wrong. His role is so incredibly good. Um, one of my favorite wide receiver plays this week. Love it. Uh, I'm going to take Travis Kelsey off the board. Give me <laughs> yeah. a tight end that scores a touchdown this week. Um, Let's see here. I think I will go with – I'm going to go back to Luke Musgrave. Mentioned a pretty decent role. Like the matchup here against Atlanta in the Dome. Still cheap. I'll have some Musgrave. Yeah, I don't mind that. Um, I think the Giants are going to be playing from ahead big time in this game. Give me Zach Ertz as a running them down touchdown. The more I think Zach Ertz, the more I think he's okay this week. Defense. Defense wins championships 10 years ago. Um, give me a defense to score 10 plus points this week. If this team's going to win a championship, I think it's going to be because of their defense or because of Tony Pollard, but the Cowboys are in a fantastic spot here against Zach Wilson after Aaron Rodgers' unfortunate season ending injury. Yes, man. I, I hate that for Aaron Rodgers so much. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to actually stay in that game and say the jets, they are 2,700 this week. And they looked so good last year. This defense should never be 2,700. I don't care who they're playing. Um, I like the Jets' defense because they're going to get sacks, and they might get takeaways. Um, so I think the Jets' defense is is very, very interesting this weekend. Wednesday night, we're looking at a Jets' projection projected ownership. I have DraftKings up on Line HQ at 4%. Um, love that. Whew. Love it. Uh, against the spread or money line bet, shifting over to sports betting here. Um, is there something that's standing out to you this week? I'm going to be fading the Packers for the second week in a row. My my Bears let me down big time. Embarrassment um, last week. So, But we're going right back to them. The Falcons are currently small underdogs at home. Falcons plus 105 on the money line. Green Bay, I'm not sold on this team. Christian Watson potentially out again. Aaron Jones banged up. The Falcons look better. They're a team at home. They're going to run the ball a ton. If they can get a lead, they should be able to control the clock. The Falcons as as short home dogs. I love this spot for the Falcons. So are you going Atlanta plus one and a half, or are you just going Atlanta full out? Atlanta to win. All right. I love it. I love it. I want it. Okay. For what it's worth, I almost always, when it's like one, one and a half, I must always take the money line and just take the extra juice. Um, I... I struggle with this one this week because I feel like there's a, a bunch of good spots, but the one that like just jumping off the page to me this week is chargers minus three. Um, I just think this is a, a chargers team. That's just going to light up the Titans this week. So give me chargers minus three. I like that one a lot too. Yeah. Uh, over under any over under bets standing out to you this week. You can probably guess where I'm going with this one. I've been talking about it all show Seattle, Detroit over 47. Just love the dome. I think both really talented offense and two suspect defenses makings of the shootout of a shootout here. I don't like to be that like party pooper and I hate taking unders, but Dallas and jets 38 and a half. I'm going to take the under in this game. I know it's, it's weird to take an under on a game under 40 in the NFL. I just don't see a lot of offense being like, I think the jets are going to run the ball as much as they possibly can. Dallas is perfectly okay with controlling the ball, letting Pollard run the ball. 
not like Dak threw a ton of interceptions last year. I think he led the league. And do you really want Dak throwing the ball a ton against the Jets this week? I do because I'm going to play a ton of the Jets defense. But I'm going to take the under 38 and a half in this Dallas um, New York game. Uh, player props. There's not a ton of them up yet. Um, there are some. Is there any that were jumping off the page to you here? I have Trevor Lawrence over 240, over 244 and a half passing yards against the Chiefs. He is up to 250 and a half at some places. Um, so I think this number is moving in that direction. It's a game we love here. Two two high powered offenses. Assuming Kelsey's back or Chief wide receivers can actually catch passes, um, but the Chiefs should get back on track here with Kelsey and Lawrence is not afraid to throw it all over the place. I think the, the Jags can ke- can keep up here with his elite weapons. The addition of Ridley is huge for this offense. So really like this Jags offense, Lawrence over 244 and a half. I know this one shocks you, Keith. Um, Keenan Allen over 67 and a half receiving yards this week. Uh, loved loved the, the attack that they, you know, Kellen Moore is going to make a huge difference in this offense as the offensive coordinator. And we already kind of started to see it last week in that Miami game. Um, I think Keenan Allen has a big game. Give me him over 67 and a half receiving yards uh, this week. We finish out the morning grind game with a fantasy pick play that we like. Uh, we opened it up this year. You can go any pick fantasy pick place that you want. If you haven't checked out fantasy pick make sure you head on over to Roto Grinders. Up in the top, it lists all the websites, and we typically have some really good uh, promo codes. So check that out. Uh, Keith, what are you leaning this week? I'm seeing Josh Jacobs at 67 and a half rushing yards. Um, we, same workload last week. Missed all of training camp, all of the preseason. Had a really tough matchup week one against Denver. Still had 19 carries, 48 yards. Gets a better matchup here against Buffalo, who has been a run funnel for several years. Over 67 and a half rushing yards for Josh Jacobs. I like it. I wrote this one up this morning at 61 and a half, and it was Travis Etienne rushing yards at 61 and a half. Since I have traveled to Tennessee today and I pulled it back up, it has moved down to 54 and a half uh, wow. rushing yards for Etienne on prize picks. So love that projection. I like it more. Then 54 and a half rushing yards for ETN. Um, that is one I suggest jumping on because I liked it at 61 and a half. I definitely like it at 54 and a half. So um, love when we get like positive movement in our favor. Um, I, I think Travis ETN's role is very secure in this offense. And I think that people are just loving the pass game way too much and kind of just forgetting how bad the Chiefs are. Like this is the potential of ETN breaking off one or two big runs and then getting 10 more carries to beat this prop or uh, projection. So uh, Keith, we're done week two in the books. This ends my, my podcasting for the week. Um, TJ is going to take over for the next couple of days. And uh, if you want the baseball, if you're watching right now live, uh, TJ and Tim are going live at 10 o'clock with the baseball podcast, breaking down the Thursday baseball slate. So you can check that out. Um, if you haven't already, Subscribe here to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind YouTube page. We continue to grow it. We appreciate it. And uh, Keith, any final thoughts? This is uh, it's really interesting and looks to be a really fun slate. Yeah, a couple of really great spots. I think we broke them down really well. Um, had, a, had a great week one. Hopefully we can run it back with a, a really good week two. Um, football is here. We're going to be doing this every single week now for the next what, 
five months or so, six months. Um, super excited. And obviously baseball playoffs coming up too. All right. I hope everyone has a fantastic week two and Wednesday night. If you're hanging out with us live over there on YouTube, Mr. Roy, always appreciate you hanging out that him and him and TJ having some Canada talk there. Uh, fun to <laughs> see. Josh easy, all the Richie, like all of you guys hanging out with us over there on YouTube. Thanks for hanging out with us on the show. We'll be back next week talking week three of the NFL season. I hope everyone has a fantastic rest of the week. I won't see you again until Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, that's it. Have a good one. We'll see you then.